0: This is The Real American View.
1: Hey everyone, it's Wendy here and I'm back with The All American View. And today I want to talk about the LGBTQ movement. First off, y'all need to swallow your pride. It's what you're doing is so disgusting and perverted. Those parades that I just witnessed um, last weekend that happened, the ones on the bicycles, like who do you think you are? Your balls, your hairy balls, and your ugly dicks are hanging out. Y'all need to cover yourselves up. Nobody wants to see that. It's disgusting. And then you do it in front of children? Absolutely not. And then I saw another video. Let's see here. Oh, that we're above the law. No, you're not above the law. Nobody's above the law. Not one person. So I have this this news article that my mother-in-law, she actually sent this to me. I mean, there's a lot of people that are very upset about this. I mean, you guys want to sit there and and y'all want to show yourselves out like that because you're prideful. No, 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 no. You guys are not helping anything. You're making everything way worse for yourselves, first off. Second off, no. The art, this article that I'm going to read to you, the title is called, We're Here, We're Queer, We're Coming for Your Children. There's six scenes from New York City pride events. Go New York City. You guys are like so prideful. Number one, we're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. Any clip that has gone viral on Twitter, which I saw, I don't know how many times. I don't mean to see it, but there it is. When I go scrolling up oh, again, here we go. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. Got to see that again, right? With ill, and then you ladies, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Y'all are disgusting. Y'all are the worst part of this. Y'all women should not be doing that. What are you thinking? One of you people, one of you prideful people, the queers. The pervs is what you are, really. Let's just get real. You're a bunch of perverted people. That's all it is. You're just showing how perverted and disgusting you are. Ew. It's just so gross. Um, One holds a sign that says, drag isn't for sissies. Y'all even have your own way of, like, spelling things and, like, I mean, what is capital C, capital I, capital S, and then lowercase s-i-e-s. What is that? What is that? What is that? Like, are y'all making your own, like, education? In my view, you guys are the sissies. Like, seriously. Grow up. Grow up. Okay, so number two, twerking. Men wearing almost nothing but Speedos twerked and danced on a parade float. Sponsored by the Chinese Rainbow Network. An organization that claims to be the largest Mandarin-speaking LGBTQ plus network in North America. Wow, go China! Yeah, that was another one that was going around was that guy that had his underwear on and he was just twerking away and it was so gross. And the kids were looking at him like I, I sat there and saw the kids expressions like, "ew," like he, it's so gross. Can't you see that people are like, like just shying away from that? Like, "ew," it's so disgusting, you guys. It's so gross. Nobody wants to see your dick and hairy balls. Nobody. Or your flabby titties. Nobody wants to see that. It's not even It's not even attractive at all. Not whatsoever. All right. Anyway, some shouted out, five, six, seven, eight, don't assume your kids are straight. Some marchers shouted, one, two, three, four, open up the closet door. Five, six, seven, eight, don't assume your kids are straight. Kids wearing pink shirts and rainbow gear marched along with the adults. One little girl on a man's shoulder wore a transgender pink, white, and blue flag as a cape. Listen, you guys are the ones doing it to your children. I mean, like, seriously, those kids don't know what the heck is going on. They don't know. And believe me, they're uncomfortable when they see your ugly, disgusting, hairy balls and dick hanging out. They don't like that. These kids are not going to stay kids. They will become adults. You're not raising children. You're raising adults. And maybe some will be raised the way you are. With your disgusting selves, perverted mental illness, because that's what you are. You got a bunch of a bunch of mental illness going on there. But some are not going to be like that. And they're going to be pissed off at you. And they're going to be healthy. And they're going to be strong. And they might come after you. You're not going to be. You're going to be an old, right? Not my elder. They don't know what's going on. They're just doing, doing whatever you tell them to do. Stop touching me. Kay Yang, an activist advocating for female rights, was verbally harassed and assaulted while protesting in the middle of a pride gathering. The video shows railers closely shouting in Yang's face, swatting her signs down and stomping on them, and grabbing and pushing Yang. Yang repeatedly shouted, Stop touching me. It's ridiculous. You guys are nothing but victimizers. You victimize people. You're pedo. You you like to touch on little kids, and then you do this to this poor girl. Come on, she's not allowed to. She's not allowed to have um a voice about this. She's not. Only you guys can right because you're so prideful, right? It's all about you. The problem is, is you guys don't know how to keep your hands to yourself. You know, like when you say we're sissies or whatever the heck you're talking about with your stupid freaking terminology or whatever. That's why a couple of you guys got your head stomped in, right? Isn't that what happened? The ones on the bicycles, you got your head stomped. Good. Anyways, clothing optional water party, a massive reportedly clothing optional water party took place in washington square park attendees are are seen waiting in one of the park's fountains children and adults are playing together at a clothing optional pride event water party in washington square park in new york city all i'm going to say is there's going to be a lot of backlash when it comes to this i don't know what you guys were thinking doing this it's it's just horrid and why bring the children to these to these th- these events why do that like Why do they have to be a part of this? Why can't you guys just look retarded with your, you know, your nakedness? I mean, you're all most of y'all look like a bunch of old fools. Like, I don't know what it is. But you guys are so gross. Like, there's nothing attractive about you whatsoever. I don't know why you're walking around thinking that you just are. I don't even I don't understand that. I don't understand why you're doing that. It doesn't make any sense. It's so gross. It's not attractive. It's going around the internet all over the place. And you know, I don't even care that you're gay. Who cares? Nobody cares that you're gay. I don't care what you do in the privacy of your own home, in your bedroom, with your gay partner. I don't care. Nobody cares. But when you bring it out to the streets, that one that's when people start to care. Because we're seeing how disgusting you are. We'll love our son even if he's straight. Oh, well, isn't that so nice of you? Oh my goodness, you're going to love your son even if he's straight. Wow, give yourselves a pat on the back for that one. A couple paraded their child down the street, holding a sign saying, We'll love our son even if he's straight. They were followed by a group of men clad in leather underwear. Wow, it's just so gross! And I'm sorry to tell you, but you're never like the ones that want to be females. It's not going to happen for you. Like you cannot have a baby. You can't do it. It's impossible. Stop trying. And then when I look at you guys, you look like a bunch of clowns. Like I'm looking at this guy right here. The way his makeup is and his hot pink and purple. and whatever He's got going on. You look freaking foolish, dude. Take it off. It doesn't look good on you. So that was it. And that was the end of that article, which was written by Gigi De Latore Elise McHugh, and it's coming from DailySignal.com. Okay, so here's another um, news article. It's coming from ThePostMillennial.com, and it's titled, Two Naked Men on bico- Bicycles Beaten with Pipe in Portland, Anti-Gay ha- Hate Crime Investigation Launched. Hunchens has been convicted of over 28 crimes, including a charge of aggravated sex abuse, which placed him on the sex offender registry in 2005. A 39 year old man was arrested for allegedly attacking two naked cyclists with a pipe in Portland, Oregon's Knob Hill district on June 3rd, faces seven felonies on charges of assault and committing a hate crime. Okay, so here's another article. It's called um, Looking Back, We're Coming for Your Children group. The Radical Fairies was founded by a man-boy-loving Marxist. And this is written by Brian Lupo, and I'm getting this off of the Gateway Pundit. Over the weekend, which is last weekend, not this weekend right here, but last weekend, pride parades occupied the streets of some large metropolitan cities across the United States. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, One such event in New York City was shared by the TimeCast News on Twitter. Um, NBC News was quick to come to the defense of the radical group and defend their actions as just, quote-unquote, one voice that was louder than the crowd. It is clear from the video that it is more than just, quote-unquote, one voice over the rest. You can literally read their lips. Furthermore, just five short... Real short paragraphs later, in paradoxical fashion, NBC cites longtime parade attendees and gay rights activists that said the Coming for Your Children chant has been used for years at Pride events. More interestingly, however, is later in the article where NBC noted that the Radical Fairies is one of the groups that organized this event. The Radical Fairies is a semi-public gay community through which the rights of homosexuals were coupled with ideas of spiritual renewal and New Age practices. The group was founded by long-term gay rights activist Harry Hay, who died in 2002. Hay was born in England. He moved as a young boy to California with his family, and he later attended Stanford University. However, due to the health reasons, he left college in 1932. The next year, he discovered Marxism, which he believed would support homosexuality under its principles. Hay was later introduced to the Communist Party. Hay resumed his role as a gay rights pioneer and leader in 1969 when he helped found the Los Angeles-based Gay Liberation Front. However... He was disappointed in the measured spirit of the 1970s gay movements. As a result, Hay co-founded the Radical Fairies. Being a communist is controversial enough, especially considering at the time Hay joined the Marxist religion. He was forbidden from being a member of the CPUSA as a gay man, so he took a wife as cover. But there was still another faucet of Hay's life, That isn't often talked about, but is something that sheds some light on the we're coming for your children groomer chance seen by the Radical Fairies organization he co-founded. Anyway, so what this hey guys sounds like to me is a pedophile. He's a pig. He's perverted. And thank God he is no longer on the planet Earth to pedophile up the place. The FBI really should be arresting these pedophiles. Instead, they're going to protect them because they're above the law. And they're going to investigate us and our listeners because we are sticking up for the children. This is not a gay rights movement. This is a pedophile movement. It's not normal to sexually abuse children. It's not normal. That's disgusting. Children don't want to be touched like that. They do not like it. It's offensive. They're offended by it. And like I said before, they're not going to stay children. They will become adults. And they're going to be upset. They're going to be pissed off about that. I don't know what you guys are doing or why you think it's okay to touch on little kids. Guess what? It is not okay to do that. And then this hey guy, he had to like lie about his marriage and he faked a marriage with some woman that poor lady i wonder if she knew it was a fake marriage just so he can join the communist party why would you even want to join that party i don't need to be controlled by you at all why would anybody want to be controlled by you y'all you guys are a bunch of perverts okay so i'm going back to the article um, now it makes sense. Hay wasn't officially a member of NAMBLA, N-A-M-B-L-A is how it's spelled. However, he did speak at NAMBLA conference in 1984, 1986, and 1994 in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York. Respectively, in his 1984, I must warn you, before reading this speech, it is very disturbing, speaking at his childhood and the probable. Probably five or six times he was molested, he said. Just so you guys know what NAMBLA means, it means North American Man Boy Love Association. If you didn't know that, now you do. So anyways, he says, I mentioned that because I think that the 12-year-old boy, I think, That the 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy approaching puberty knows very well that there are things about himself that he needs to find out. That he needs to discover and he wants very much to reach out and find someone who will give this to him. He already has the instinct to know that a great many of the things that he feels in himself are things he cannot share with anybody. He feels that the things that he he is alone in the world that he cannot share it with his parents. He cannot share it with his teachers. He cannot share it with many, even most people, but he needs to look for that someone with whom he can share. Hmm, I wonder what he's talking about. Maybe the priest, he can go share that with the priest, right? I'm just curious how you even find or look for that someone. Like, how does that even happen? Who? What, what kid needs to go look for someone to talk about their, puberty this is and this is i'm going back to the article this is something that in our own past as gay people we all must have experienced one way or another we do have this sense of loyalty we do have this gay way of being manipulated or being exploited molested we are not being brainwashed we are not and we are actually participants in this little game And like I've said before, I'm not against gay people. What I'm against is the pedophiles. And that's pedophilia to me. That's what it sounds like. And it's disgusting. You guys need to stop doing that. You're polluting the earth. Hayes' speech is nothing shy of an attempt to normalize adult men molesting pre pubescent boys in the name of helping them discover themselves. In Hayes' case, it occurred in a community pool using an underwater hold-your-breath game groom them into believing sexual activity with a grown man is a learning experience someone quote unquote whom he can share I mean I can't even believe like these news stations aren't sticking up for these children they're sticking up for these pedophiles NBC you should be ashamed of yourself come on you're okay with them coming for your children that you're okay with that So yeah, so before NBC sticks up for such a disgusting chant as we're coming for your children and writes it off as if it's just one of many provocative expressions used to regain control of slurs against LGBTQ people, how about this for a slur? You guys are disgusting pedophiles and you all need to be hung. Anyways, perhaps... They need to examine the history of the organization shouting this, and especially the Marxist pro preterastery co-founder. So anyways, there's nothing prideful about LGBTQ people. There's no pride in that. You're going to find that out the hard way, unfortunately. Y'all chanting, we're coming for your children. A bunch of women's chanting that. Like, what are you doing? You showed yourself is what you did. You should be proud. Of, you know what? Put You should slap. You should pat yourself on the back for showing yourself like that. And, and yeah, you should definitely just continue to expose yourself so we can see who you are. Because we're going to come for You. I promise you we're we're gonna come for you it's gonna happen you don't have kids you don't know how to reproduce you don't even know what that means you chopped your balls off how does it feel and this isn't gay hate you guys I don't hate on gay people whatever you do in your house like I've said before already whatever you do in your house behind closed doors that's on you I don't care what you do just like you don't care what I do what you guys are a bunch of pervert pedophiles and it needs to stop It's not going to, though. The only way to deal with this matter is to start hanging these pedophiles. That's the only way to deal with this. It's not going to stop until we start doing that and taking this a lot more serious than what we have been. Everybody's being quiet about it. Why? Stop doing that. Speak up. These are your children. They're coming for your children. You heard them. And the ones that are actually like for this movement, I see you too. Keep on coming out with what you agree with because I'm watching you and so is everybody else. And if they're not, they will. People's eyes are going to start waking up to this. It's ridiculous what we're allowing in this country. And anywhere, really. Pride. Pride. You know, the Pride Month that just passed. It's an embarrassment. It's a kink fest. Nothing but groomers and pedophiles. This does not look good on the gay community. And I don't think they, that the gay community uh, agrees with all of this either. I know a lot of gay people. I haven't throughout my lifetime, that is. And they didn't come across as pedophiles to me. And the girl gay couples took very good care of their children, um, raised them well. Their kids turned out to be great citizens. Not transvestites. I should say not transvestite pedophiles. Because that's what your transvestites are looking like to all of us. With the way you're going to the schools and reading to the children. Your ball, hairy balls are hanging out in front of these six-year-old kids. It's just, it doesn't look good on you guys whatsoever. You bring in the children involved with your sexuality and they don't need to be sexualized. They're too young. They don't understand that. They don't know what you're talking about. You're pushing your perversion on the children. You're grooming them. You're making it look like it's all fun and games when we all know that it's not. You're reading story time to them. You're even going into churches and doing it. Like, why? Why do you have to do that? Why do you even have to go into this? Why can't believe the school board's even allowing you guys to go in there and reading to these children looking like clowns? That's all you look like. You look like a bunch of clowns with your hair and all your makeup and your your fakeness that you got going on there. It doesn't look good. You are, it's an attack on the womanhood. You are not a woman. You will never be a woman. And you will never look like a woman. You will never be able to do anything a woman can do. You just won't be able to do it. You have mental health. You need to go get therapy. Don't take it out on the children. Just go to a therapist and talk to them about it. I'm sorry that you weren't born a woman. So I do have this article, this news clip. It's a it's a, it's a, a podcast. It's coming from... The Rob is Right podcast, and um, it's basically talking about the gays against groomers, the Pride Month. the The gay community does not like Pride Month. They want it to go away. As a lesbian and the founder of Gays Against Groomers, I'm done with Pride because it's become a degenerate kink fest. It doesn't represent me at all.
2: It doesn't represent the gays and lesbians I know, and they're shoving it down everyone's throats, especially children's. It's disgusting, and we're going to take it back, whether they like it or not.
3: I'm done with pride because it's become an embarrassment. As a gay man, I want nothing to do with it because all it is now is a celebration of debauchery, indulgence in narcissism, victimhood, and grooming of kids who shouldn't be there in the first place. That's why I'm done with it, man.
4: As a
5: lesbian, I'm done with pride because it's embarrassing. Have you been to one lately? That does not represent me, and I'm disgusted with it being pushed on children.
0: As a gay man, I'm done with pride. We have all the rights we need. I really don't see the purpose for it anymore. And at these events, kids get exposed to a lot of inappropriate things. So let's just be done with it.
6: I'm done with pride because once upon a time the argument was that gay rights wasn't about sex. And yet at every pride, it seems to be that's all it's about. In fact, it's like a contest to see who can be the most sexual and disgusting in public. And people are bringing their children to these events. It's not progressive for gay rights at all. Pride? Why should we be
1: proud? Mutilating kids? Make them into experiments? Nah, not me.
0: My name is Mickey
2: Cutler, and I'm done with Pride as a lesbian woman because I'm absolutely sick and tired of the LGBT community pushing their agenda onto children. Let kids be kids.
7: I'm done with Pride because it's become a public display of debauchery and I don't know why anyone in the gay community would want to be associated with it anymore. It goes against everything we fought for.
1: As a gay woman,
2: I'm done with Pride because nothing at Pride represents my values. Nothing at Pride represents who I am as a person. I refuse to let other people sexualize my identity and turn me into a caricature of a gay person.
0: You wanna come up too?
5: Yeah, would you help him gently? Oh no, I want you to see
2: right
5: here with me.
1: Hey y'all, my kid finally made it to this stage. So excited. We got the name change, legal, everything, all the documents are done. This is all that's left. Help this cute kid (laughs) reach his goal.
6: Thank you. There is no pride in stripping parents of their right to protect their children.
8: There is no pride in sexualizing children
3: at drag shows. (laughs)
6: There is no pride in mutilating and sterilizing children in the name of gender-affirming care.
3: This June, what
8: are you proud of? Because we have some issues that we need to talk about.
6: We're fighting back from inside the community. Join Gays Against Groomers in the battle against radical gender ideology that is destroying our youth.
5: Book here, it's called It's Perfectly Normal. I'll read some of this for you. It says, after a bit, a person's becomes moist and slippery and the clitoris becomes hard after sir, a bit I, a person p- becomes gonna, erect stiff and larger Pastor. sometimes a bit of clear Pastor. fluid that may contain Pastor. a few sperm comes out of the tip of the p- and makes Pastor. it wet
3: can we sir i'm sorry i
5: was it something i said If you don't want to hear it in a school board meeting, why should children be able to check it out of the school system? We have perverts that are perverting our kids. And you all sit back smug in your chairs, but you don't want me to read it. Why? Does it bother you? Yes or no? You can't answer that question. You want to know why? Because politically speaking, you can't say that it's wrong. And you don't want me to read the filth because it exposes the truth. How dare you tell me to stop reading it? If you don't want to hear it, why should the children have to see
6: it? Pastor, your time is, is, time is up. Thank you. That makes two of us. It's almost Pride Month. Unfortunately, our high school year ends just before June begins. What's a Gender and Sexuality Alliance sponsored to do? Our club members wanted a day to feel prideful near the end of the year. So we came up with The Day of Love. The focus of The Day of Love is simple. To broadcast a message of support and positivity about our school's LGBTQ population in a fun way. And maybe we can start a few productive conversations along the way. From year to year, depending on the size of our membership, we've done a variety of activities throughout The Day of Love. But at its most basic, we sell pride flags and crafts, have productive conversations, and celebrate today let's talk about selling flags and crafts small pride flags are easy to order online and you can sell them for like a dollar but the profit isn't the point the point is to give the people in your building an opportunity to display their support for the community in a highly visible way besides the progressive pride flag i let our members decide what kind of pride flags that they wanted to order on our limited budget so this year we have classic progressive pride pan trans buy and the updated lesbian flag. I like to send out a Google form for my colleagues who can't make it down to the cafeteria where the day of love is happening. That way our flags can make it all over the school. When possible, I also like to sell crafts that our members make. And this year, oh my God, we have little pride frogs that have, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm gonna buy them all. I'm not gonna be able to wait. And we have the flag sales in a central location in our cafeteria so that people come in and then that's where part two can happen The Conversations.
4: Hey, punkin, is Pride Month. Let's talk about it. I'm not a big fan. I don't know what the fuck y'all are so oppressed about. I don't know what everybody's crying about. I don't know why everyone's so upset. I just don't feel oppressed. I don't remember the last time somebody had something bad to say about me because of my sexual preference, maybe because I don't talk about it. If you haven't noticed, I am a homosexual. I don't feel like I need any rainbow flags, signs, or signals to alert those around me that I am a homosexual. See, you make my sexuality part of my personality. As a matter of fact, I like to keep the two completely fucking separate. There's a difference. I depend on my personality. Personality to get me places in life and I don't need anybody to feel bad for me because I eat puss. I mean, for fuck's sake, we lit up the White House with rainbow colors back when Obama was in office. What more do we need? We can get married? I mean, I see more rainbow flags available for purchase than the red, white, and blue ones that represent our fucking country, but that's none of my business. I did sign up to die for this motherfucker, so it might be my business. See, I'm 40 years old, baby. I actually got discriminated against when I came out of the closet back in 1997. Was that 98? I don't know. I'm old. I forget shit. Nobody baked me a cake, nobody threw me a party, and nobody bought me anything with a rainbow on it when I came out of the closet. It was quite the opposite, actually. That shit built character and showed me who the real ones were, and it showed me who the fake ones were. Here's my opinion. You don't have to keep listening if you don't want to, but I think a lot of you guys are manifesting this shit. Wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my God, I'm so gay, and everyone around me is gonna hate my gayness, and somebody's gonna be mean to me, and then somebody's mean to you, and you're like, oh my God, I'm so fucking oppressed. See, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, I'm just another regular fucking human, and I then go do regular human shit None of it involves rainbow flags. Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is my pride flag still red, white, and blue. You can uh, follow me if you want to. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Mama need a no bitch.
9: The hardest part was, like, being sold something that I believed was going to help me and make me feel better, only to do it, do all of it, and come out on the other side not feeling any better. I really can't, I can't ever undo it I could have always waited, but I can't, I can't do it now that I did it. I began transitioning at 12 years old, 12 years old, when I started Lupron and um, testosterone and it was only a month after my 13th birthday that I had a double mastectomy. I was in a place when I made those decisions where I did not have my comorbidities under control. That just shouldn't be how it is when you make these types of decisions. There's just a lot that goes into making such life-changing choices that it's almost under duress when you have all these comorbidities stacked up in these issues. I came across Chloe Cole's case um, one night while trying to research and Google where my doctors are now and if they're still practicing. and I saw the active sue letter and her lawsuit. I am actively suing Kaiser Permanente, um, and I'm suing the doctors that um, gave me those treatments related to my transition. My name is Layla Jane, I'm 18 years old, and I am a woman who has detransitioned.
7: So I had lower surgery back in January this year. I had some complications that led to this being a scary and painful situation.
10: This is a popular trans YouTuber, Jamie Dodger, who has over 1 million subscribers on YouTube. Jammy nearly passed away from complications related to bottom surgery, which is surgery to approximate the appearance of male genitalia.
7: Basically, I had an arterial bleed that required a second surgery to repair. I also had a refilling hematoma that got squeezed twice. Very, very painful thing to have done. And I've basically never been in so much pain in my life, despite having the maximum doses of painkillers that they could possibly give me. And I had to be rushed down for a second emergency exploratory surgery because I was spurting blood from my groin and they weren't sure why. And that's when they found out it was an arterial bleed and that whole experience has made me terrified to have surgery again. I don't want to put anybody else off having lower surgery. Like, I literally, I just, I I don't want to do it because I'm so scared of having a repeat or I'm so scared of having a panic attack because being in the same situation, like, brings back all the memories of it. I mean, even now, nearly a year after all of that happened, certain places and certain smells and certain foods certain things that just, Give me flashbacks.
10: Despite describing PTSD flashbacks related to this surgery, Jammy still continues to seek more surgery and continues promoting these dangerous interventions to an impressionable audience on YouTube.
7: It was a scary experience. Like, I knew about hematomas, but I didn't quite know what would happen if you got one, and I had no idea about the whole spurty arterial blood thingies. I don't know how I'm gonna cope with having it again. I really, I really don't. Plus, I need to have each of my implants done separately. That means I need to have at least two more. Even though I really like desperately just want to feel complete personally in terms of my physical transition, I don't feel ready whatsoever to have surgery again
10: Jamie also reports on not being informed of all the possible complications that could happen from the surgery including the reality of hematomas and an arterial bleed and this is something that we hear over and over again from these creators that they weren't completely informed of the consequences because of the experimental nature of these procedures true informed consent is impossible in this situation if you or your child were harmed by gender affirming procedures but you feel like it was your fault because you gave informed consent, just know that you are not alone. Please reach out to Transition Justice to learn more about your legal options.
0: That's right, it's another word from our great sponsor, Classes, Hobbies and Gifts. And you can find them at ColossusHobbies.com, a growing online outlet, pro-American, pro-family, and pro-make America great again. Colossus Hobbies is fun Time Incorporated, most awesome emporium of gifts and hobbies and toys anywhere online. Playtime and excitement for all ages, every balloon, yard bubble, hula hoop, laser gun, jump rope, and sports gear of all kinds, all at ColossusHobbies.com. All joy and laughing and playtime, amusement at classes, Hobbies and Gifts. Need good gift ideas or accoutrements for your favorite hobby? ColossusHobbies.com. ColossusHobbies.com. Play-Doh and play slime. Popper, balls, and GI Joe at ColossusHobbies.com. PlayStation 5 and games. Classes is uh, growing and adding new surprises every day. Camping supplies, card games, magic tricks, and seasonal gifts, unique gift ideas of all kinds, puzzles, and many indescribable delights and joys at ColossusHobbies.com. Come support us here at a Real American View at ColossusHobbies.com. Colossus Hobbies and Gifts, ColossusHobbies.com.
1: So Florida has a law. They just expanded to all ages. At one point, it was just for the five, five through nine-year-olds. Um, the prenatal, prenatal rights of educational law. I'm not really sure why we even have that law. We shouldn't even have to, to have that law at all. I mean, why do we even need... If my five-year-old is saying they want to change their sex, I mean, common sense is if I'm a teacher, I, I'm going to just go directly to the parent and let them know what, my, what their five-year-old just said to me. But in all honesty, I don't think any five-year-old is saying that at all, and why are the big corporations, the billi- the billion-dollar corporations, funding the groomers and feeding into the transvestites and the and all that pervertedness? We're gonna listen to a clip, and this lady is gonna go into all of that and explain it how we're, where it's coming from from BlackRock and Vanguard, um, and how they're the ones funding everything. The teachers' unions um, are working really hard to put those perverted books in the libraries at the schools, like elementary schools, for the little children to read and look at. What we need to do is dismantle this, the systems, the invisible systems of the groomers, the groomer supremacy. That's what we really need to do. And since they can go on and we should do like an anti groomer parade or protest and just have a bunch of parents moms and dads out there in their parade carrying their signs and being against all this grooming and this pedophilia and this transvestite problem that we're having we can parade around with signs too so yeah I'm going to introduce you to Allie Beth Stuckey it's uh, part of her clip, I'm going to play for you. She's going to go into all kinds of stuff as um, as far as like the big corporations like Disney um, and BlackRock and Vanguard. And um, it really, what it sounds like to me and what it lo- really looks like to me, my just my opinion, is this is really all boiling down to money. It's a money game. These people absolutely love money. I mean, if they love it so much to hurt our children because they make so much money off of the children, why don't we just give them all the money? We could figure something else out. They can just give them all that dirty, disgusting money. It's theirs. They can have it. Her name is Allie Beth Stuckey. And um, she's talking about, like I said, the big corporations and the grooming of the children. And she goes all into it. She's very detailed about this topic. It's a really hard topic to talk about. It really is. It's really taken a lot out on me to do this. It is stressing me out. Seriously. Somebody has to stick up for these children. I mean, they're just little innocent bystanders. They can't even stick up for themselves. They're just little babies. But this is why I'm doing this. But here is the clip I'm going to play for you.
8: We're going to debunk some of the new propaganda that you're hearing about Disney's battle in Florida and unveil why the company is acting the way it is, or at least from my perspective. And what I mean by that is why they are so viciously opposing the Florida parental rights law, why they are so committed to introducing, quote, queer content to our children, which they've been very outspoken about When a huge percentage of their customers don't want that kind of programming and a huge percentage of customers actually support Florida's bill. And I'll just read some statistics on that from the Daily Wire. They conducted a poll of people from all political backgrounds and they found that more than 6 in 10 Americans support the Florida bill's ban on classroom instructions on sexual orientation and gender identity in grades K through 3rd and agree that this kind of curriculum would need to be presented in a way that is age-appropriate. 21% said they oppose the bill. The Florida measure is backed by 69% of Republicans, 62% of Democrats, 57% of Independents, and 68% of parents support the Florida bill's classroom instruction regulations. They just actually had to be presented with the text of the bill this HB 1557 that we have discussed in the past, rather than just being presented by MSNBC propaganda or have that presented to them, they just needed to read the text of the bill. And when people saw the truth of what the bill is, they actually tended to support it. So the question that I have is, why doesn't Disney care about that? Why does it seem like they are beholden to a small group of radical activists? Why don't other corporations care about alienating at least half of their customer base when they support radical organizations and policies and culture war issues that we, millions of us, do not align with? Now, we've talked about some of this stuff in the past. Those of you who've been listening for a while have listened to Great Reset episodes. You might know a little bit of where I'm going in this direction, but some of what we talked about, I think, is still going to surprise you faithful listeners. But first, let me let me back up. Let me give you some context about why we are even talking about Disney in case you didn't know. And I can link some past episodes on it, but I'll just give you a quick rundown. So Florida passed a bill called HB 1557, the Parental Rights and Education Bill, which prohibits schools from keeping secrets about a child and their well-being from their parents, including, for example, if the teacher... If the child tells a teacher that he wants to be the opposite sex, the school cannot keep that a secret from parents. Also, there can be no formal classroom discussions about gender identity and sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade. So that's five to nine year olds. Now, in my opinion, that doesn't go far enough, but it is what it is. That's what the bill now the law is. So Disney got into hot water, I think it was the beginning of March, with uh, with its own employees when the CEO, Bob Chapek, refused to publicly condemn the bill. He kind of said, oh, you know, I support our LGBTQ employees, but I don't want to weigh in on this publicly. It's not going to make that much of a difference. Well, that wasn't good enough. It's never good enough for progressivism because they... Progressives lose sleep at night thinking that there is a random person out there who might disagree with them and might not feel as adamantly about the issues uh, that they care about as they do. And so, as I've said before, progressivism, they talk about being anti-American imperialism. They are actually very progressive. uh, Progressivism is very imperialistic in that it seeks to take over institutions and make institutions into their image, conform institutions to their goals and their agenda. Progressivism is insanely imperialistic and very controlling in its actions, and that's what we saw with Disney. So after the backlash from these progressive employees and outside activist groups and the company's stakeholders, Disney publicly denounced the bill in so many words and announced investment, financial investment into LGBTQ plus 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 organizations and projects, uh, projects and renewed their commitment to LGBTQ content for children. Uh, critics called the HB 1557 the Don't Say Gay Bill. There's all kinds of propaganda about the bill pushed by the mainstream media. First of all, as we've noted many times, as many people have noted many times, the bill the law doesn't have the word gay in it. There's no prohibition of informal speech. Teachers can have personal conversations with students about these things if they want. Although I think that's weird, but they can. They're allowed to. Teachers could talk about their personal lives, which again, you don't really need to do that in a way that would bring up sexual orientation and gender identity with young children anyway. And and this is another thing that you'll hear people say, oh, this is going to... This is going to exacerbate or enable abuse of children who are uncomfortable going home and telling their parents about their feelings or whatever. But that is just bunk because if teachers think that a child may be facing abuse at home because of their so-called identity or for any other reason, they are already required by Florida law to report that. That's a mandatory reporting law. So knowing all of these things, it is just hard, and I've said this many times, it's hard to see any truthful, justified opposition to this bill. I haven't heard it yet. Teachers and schools should not be keeping secrets about a child from the parent. That is like anti-child abuse training 101. An adult who tells a child to keep a little secret between them from the child's parent, especially in regards to gender or sexuality, And again, we're talking about five to nine year olds in this bill has crossed the line into I know this word is being overused a lot recently, but that has crossed the line into grooming. They have. Now, I'm not saying that every teacher who does this is a pedophile, but that is we have to just understand it for what it is. That is predatory behavior and again, if the teacher actually suspects abuse to the point to where they she you know, she doesn't feel comfortable telling the parent something that a child told her because of that fear, then the teacher needs to go to the authorities about that. So in no uh, in no scenario should she or he be keeping secrets with the student about their gender or sexual feelings. I mean, obviously, this was obvious about 5 seconds ago until activists told us that trying to prohibit these conversations is bigoted. I know some people are offended by the use of the word grooming when we talk about what this bill is preventing. And I do agree it's not a word that we should throw out nonchalantly. I don't think that we should be calling everyone with whom we disagree a groomer or even saying that anyone who opposes this bill is a groomer. I think we need to be very clear and very specific on what we mean. However, I will say, as I tweeted, in a satirical, sarcastic thread this morning, that if we were to take the language and the logic of the left when it comes to social, racial justice, anti-racist ideology, then we would just be doubling down and saying, well, it's not enough to be not a groomer. One has to be actively anti-grooming. And if you are defending yourself against being a groomer, then maybe that's just groomer fragility speaking. And we really need to dismantle the systems, the invisible systems of groomer supremacy that is so pervasive in our society. Maybe we should set up An unelected government body of bureaucrats and activists, maybe the anti-grooming task force that goes around to different entities and decides whether they're sufficiently anti-grooming. And hey, don't make those of us doing the work of anti-grooming educate you. That's too much mental, intellectual, and emotional labor, but also you need to get educated because if you know better, you can do better. So go to Libs of TikTok or go to Chris Rufo. There are plenty of resources for you to understand just how pervasive the problem of systemic grooming is. Oh, and by the way, if your pastor is not preaching anti-grooming sermons, it's because they are on the wrong side of history. So... If we were the left, we would be using all of those logical fallacies to simply double down on those accusations, to basically say, if you disagree with us on any of this, it's because you're a predator. That's what they do with racism. So hopefully that lets you see that the whole anti-racist, white fragility, Ibram X. Kinsey, Nicole Hannah-Jones logic, reasoning, argumentation that they and their ilk use is so damaging. It is so dishonest. It is so deceitful. And it's so stupid. I mean, when the sh- when when it's flipped, when the script is flipped, when the tables have turned, people tend to see on the left and the right how silly it is to make accusations like that. But we are not that because I don't want to employ the use of logical fallacies. And so I don't want to use grooming in a way that is not actually accurate because child grooming is something that is actually serious. It is something that actually happens. But I do think that when we use the term grooming, to describe an adult, a teacher, talking to young children without the consent and the presence of their parents about things like gender identity and sexuality and sexual feelings, that is a form of grooming. It is. And so I don't use that term, I don't use that word in a way that I don't really mean, that in a way that is not purposeful. I do believe in defining our terms and being purposeful about our language. I'm being purposeful about that. The fact of the matter is. Suggesting to young children that they can switch their gender, which they can't, or talking to them about sexual identity and attraction um, is grooming behavior. I have no doubt that many of the teachers doing this, they think it's acceptable behavior because they've been taught that. They might not have predatory motivations. They're just ideologues. They've been convinced that this is what empathy looks like. We talked about the danger of that on Monday. But even if this is not done with sexual intent, it is still damaging. All of this is still priming a child's mind for confusion and identity crisis and potentially setting them up for a life of hating their body and how God made them of sterilization through hormone blockers and genital mutilation. Grooming them for that is is—it's obviously wrong and it's predatory and we have to call it what it is. The power of suggestion is so strong. It's strong for all of us, but especially with children who are taught to and who naturally trust the adults in their lives. And when you think about the predatory power of suggestion, I mean, suggestion can be a good thing in the sense that, like, if you've ever been insecure about something or you didn't know that you had like a talent or ability and someone suggests to you that you're actually good to it or good at it that can change how you see yourself or how you see your ability to do that thing it can also be negative if someone has ever told you that you look sick or tired even if you don't you start feeling sick or tired so the negative sinful uh, power of suggestion really goes all the way back to the garden that's all satan did he twisted the truth and he said did God really say, and let me suggest to you that the power that you can get from eating this fruit that God has forbidden is this incredible power that will make you equal to God. And man, there are so many facets of that that we could explore that Satan is still um, perpetuating today. But the power of suggestion going all the way back to the first into to the Garden of Eden, has potentially destructive power. Because human beings are both a product of nature and nurture. So a lot of who we are is built in. We are born with it. But a big part of who we are is shaped by our parents, by our teachers, education, our friends, our experiences, and the things that are told to us and said about us. So some people are born with gender dysphoria. It's not a product of suggestion in their lives. It's a mental disorder, according to the DSM-5. It's marked by consistent, persistent, and insistent communication by a young child that they are in the wrong body. It's marked by a lot of distress. And wow, we should have so much compassion for that. But it is not just a boy liking ballet. It's not just a girl liking Tonka trucks. It's not a kid being different. It's not... Hey, I'm a girl who is insecure about my figure, and someone on Reddit told me I may be the opposite sex, so I decided I'm trans. That's not what gender dysphoria is, and yet, when children who may, who may be um, a bit different, who maybe are a bit different, but are unsure about themselves, as all of us are at one point, when they are suggested that they're different, their uniqueness may mean that they are the opposite sex, that they're in the wrong body, that they were so-called assigned the wrong gender at birth, or that none of us actually know what we are until we decide one day when we're five years old. Of course, a child is going to think about that. They might even be tormented about that because, whoa, that's a huge responsibility to try to decide your identity. And if you see that being the opposite sex as a child is met with celebration and attention and affirmation, Of course, that is going to be intriguing. Okay, so the roots of this stuff is really disturbing. So when we're talking about the predation that is at times inherent in the ideology that we're talking about, like we're not exaggerating here. This is something that goes back to the very beginning. And what happened to the Reimer twin brothers? They both grew up and killed themselves. I don't think we talk about that enough. I know I've talked about it. I know there are plenty of other podcasters who have talked about it, but that's the roots of this stuff, okay? So when we're saying that we're looking out for children, we really are. But let me read you a little bit more from um, Women's Voices. They've done a lot of research on the roots of transgender ideology, and this is not to say that people who are gender dysphoric or people who are confused about their gender or people who identify as transgender or who transition um, are... perpetrators or perpetuators of, um, the kind of behavior and kind of thinking that we are about to talk about in this particular thread. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the roots of the ideology and yes, some members of the activist class that have nefarious motives, um, that they do have these motivations and that this is the heart and this is, these are the roots uh, this is the foundation of what this movement is, and I think that if we understood the wickedness that is really inherent in the activism portion of this ideology, we would be a lot stronger in pushing back against it. So. This is part of the thread and we can link it and we can put it up on YouTube. So the creator of the trans flag, Robert Hogue, who goes by Monica Helms, used to steal their mother's, his mother's underwear, then move on to stealing random women's underwear for sexual reasons and has written a story about an adult man marrying a teen girl who does not age. Monica Helms designed the first trans, pla- uh, trans pride flag in 1999. In More Than Just a Flag, which is Helms' memoir, he states, I'm both man and woman, neither man nor woman, and sometimes both at the same time, I believe enlightened. I believe I'm enlightened. My brain floats between multiple worlds. That doesn't sound like a healthy person to you. That's because this is not healthy. And by the way, I've always thought that it was strange that the trans flag is baby colors. Like, is that not freak anyone else out? So... He goes on to describe in his memoir, which they have posted screenshots of. Um, he uses the term girl in the shadows to refer to himself in third person. I found several of my mother's cotton panties and bras, he said. The girl in the shadows wanted to try them on. When I did, they felt exciting to wear. And then while serving with the U.S. Navy during the 1970s, Helms began stealing women's underwear from the laundry room. A lace bra rolled around. I became transfixed. I no longer obsessed about losing my virginity. I sensed a growing desire to dress as a woman. This is the person who created the trans flag who is continues to this day to be an influential trans activist. Helms then described stealing, stealing women's underwear saying, I walked up to the dryer and Popped open the door, grabbed the bra. I had just stolen a bra from a dryer. More than that, I enjoyed wearing it. Was I a pervert? I didn't know. This felt exciting. He goes on to describe, again, throughout the memoir of buying and stealing women's underwear. Um, He said that he later decided that he would marry a woman. And this woman, he says in his memoir, strongly disapproved of his fetish. Helms claims to have have told her before proposing, but says later in life, Donna would deny that I ever told her about my cross-dressing every bit of action to push back against this. This is the predatory, this is a predatory ideology. It's not one of inclusion and empathy and understanding. It is one that is damaging, that has really evil and wicked roots. And we're gonna talk about now how that relates to Disney and what Disney is doing. And so knowing what we know, talking about what we just talked about. Uh, Keep that in mind as you think about the fact that Disney is so apparently passionately and adamantly for teachers talking to young children about gender switching. I mean, that's troubling. That's troubling. And look, I would say that most people at Disney don't have any predatory inclinations or predatory motivations. But I do think it's pertinent to talk about the tweets that were put out by Christopher Rufo um, that outline the some of the things that Disney employees have said about the content that they want to distribute to children. So let me read you some of these quotes and you can go to Chris's timeline and you can actually watch the videos. This was an internal meeting, all hands on deck, that was leaked to Chris. Executive producer Latoya Raveno says that she loves Disney's content and she really wanted to uh, work for Disney, but people told her she wasn't going to be able to, you know, insert her agenda or insert any kind of queer content. But she says, Meredith Roberts and our leadership over there has been so welcome to my not-at-all-secret gay agenda. I I was just, wherever I could, adding queerness. If you see anything queer in the show, no one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. So that's happening. Corporate President Carrie Burke says, I'm here as a mother of two queer children, actually, one transgender child and one pansexual child. And also as a leader, we have many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And yet, we don't have enough leads and narratives in which gay characters just get to be characters and not have to be about gay stories. A pansexual child, transgender child, and pansexual child. What are what are the odds there? What are the odds there, Carrie? Production coordinator Alan March says... They've been really open to exploring queer stories, so it's not just a numbers game of how many LGBTQ plus characters you have. The more centered the story is on a character, the more nuance you get into their story, especially with trans characters. The only way to have these kind of trans characters, canonical asexual trans characters, canonical bisexual characters, is to give them stories where they can be their whole selves. Amazing. I mean, it's one thing to talk about what you might think is a child's like sexual orientation, which I think is really disturbing. But when you're talking about transgenderism and the gender transition of a young person and just the damage that you are doing to their mind and bodies, it's amazing that this has become mainstream at all. Chris Rufo also quoted the diversity and inclusion manager, Vivian Ware who said, last summer we removed all of the gendered greetings in relationship to our live spiels at the parks, so we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, which is just really sad. It's just really sad. Boys and girls exist. Everyone who is alive is a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, and to try to erase this is really sad. What I also think is pertinent to the conversation, which I don't think characterizes probably Disney as a whole, but I do think uh, shows just how hypocritical they really are. Uh, Chris Rufo also tweeted out uh, several employees of Disney who have been charged with or convicted of child sex abuse. There have been employees every year for at least the past decade who have met these charges. And he links all of these accusations to the journalism that came out at the time that they were accused and they were charged and convicted. He says Disney cruise ship employee Milton Braganza was caught on camera molesting an 11-year-old girl. But Disney authorities allegedly told security to keep your mouth shut, allowing the man to evade arrest. Um, An ex-Disney cruise officer said that she she was ordered not to report the molestation. Disney employees Savannah Lawrence and Jonathan McGrew were arrested for soliciting a threesome with undercover agents posing as a 13-year-old girl. Our fantasy is to play stepdad, stepdaughter, stepmother, they said, in an online chat. Disney employees. He says, Chris Gruffer says, Disney employee Robert Kingsolver was arrested for soliciting sex from undercover agents posing as a 14-year-old girl. I work for Disney, so I love to see dads having fun with their daughters, he said in the chat. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I can't read the last line really awful, terrible things. Um, Another tweet, Disney concierge Alan Treister was arrested for soliciting sex from undercover agents posing as a 14-year-old boy. There is a lot of predatory behavior towards children, even if it's not sexually predatory. It is ideologically predatory towards children in these large corporations, especially corporations that produce content for children. So we have to be so careful. And before I get into kind of What I think, how I think we should approach this as Christian parents, I do just kind of want to explore this question of why. Like, why would a company like Disney or any other big company take this kind of stand that is so unpopular among most Americans? Don't companies just care about profit? Don't they just want to make money? Don't they want good approval ratings among their customer base? Well, it's complicated. In a sense, yes, they care about their public image, and maybe they care a little bit if Christians or conservatives boycott no longer use their product. But the fact of the matter is, is that Disney and a lot of companies in the United States don't really have an interest in serving our interests. They don't really care, and they don't have to care about us taking our money away, and that is because they are primarily owned by major investment firms, major corporations like Vanguard and BlackRock. That's the truth. I mean, we've talked about this before in regards to the Great Reset. Um, BlackRock is an investment management firm, and it manages trillions and trillions of dollars, more dollars than the combined spending of every single American. So they have a ton of power. They have Uh, majority stakes in some of the largest and the most influential companies, or at least a lot of stakes or a lot of shares um, in uh, a lot of our biggest companies like Pfizer, like Facebook, uh, like the New York Times. I mean, Vanguard and BlackRock, they are very similar companies in that regard. They own, they have the majority of influence in most of our major corporations in America today. That's the truth and it's a woke corporation. It says that one of its highest and greatest values and goals is diversity, is representation. So we're not just talking about the critical race theory, anti-whiteness kind of stuff. We are also talking about uh, pro-transgender representation, and one of their biggest goals is also um, green energy. And so some of the crisis that we are seeing today with oil companies, because actually Vanguard and BlackRock also own uh, the majority of shares in a lot of oil companies. A lot of it can be blamed on these corporations that have green goals. And all of this does play into the World Economic Forum in Davos. And yes, as conspiratorial as it sounds, The Great Reset, it does all play together. And this environmental, social and governance credit scores that these companies are more interested in having than your approval as a Christian conservative. Okay,
1: so I did just want to say something about just walking around naked in public. That is illegal. You're not allowed to do that. It's obscene. It's gross. Nobody wants to see that. And apparently it's legal in some states that you that you can walk around topless. Listen, I mean, whatever floats your boat, but like breasts were put there for your babies, not for you to show them off in public. They were there to nurse your children. That's it. That's the only reason why you have them. As far as Starbucks, apparently Starbucks went on strike. I think it was like 120 of them. Who cares? Starbucks. Nobody cares about you. You guys are like filthy. Ew, I would never give you a dime of my money. Your coffee isn't really even all that great. Let it go. Also, another thing, like showing children books on how to to give these disgusting perverts blowjobs. No, that's not normal. No, leave the children alone. You're taking their innocence away. It's something that you should not be doing. Do not mess with the children like that. These are our future I understand it full force on what happens. I've been through it myself on a personal level. Do not mess with the children. Don't sexually abuse them. Don't rape them. Don't take adrenochrome out of their heads. Just leave them alone. Stop torturing them. You're going to be forced to leave them alone. So you might as well just do it now. They're trying so hard to make this normal. This pedophile behavior normal. They're putting it in our face. They're putting it in our children's face. It's not normal. You cannot... Get away with this. It's not going to happen. Not. It's just not. So, And then Starbucks, come on. Who cares? Oh, you poor babies couldn't decorate your Starbucks in pride. Oh, wow. Who really cares about that? Like, get real. Why would you want to do that to begin with? It's nothing. All it is is a bunch of pedophiles. You guys are feeding into the pedophiles. Why would you do that? I don't understand why anybody thinks it's okay to be a pedophile. It's not okay to be a pedophile. I have um, the Tim Poole Daily Show. I'm going, going to play a little clip for you here
3: um, from Tim Cast. Uh, here we go. But Let's jump into the big story and wrap up on some news from last Friday. We have this story from Town Hall. Hide your kids. Pride members state their agenda. We're coming for your children. In fact, this is actually a report from Tim Cast News. Our reporter, Elad Eliyahu, was on the ground documenting a Pride event When he captured on video a bunch of people chanting that we're coming for your children. This sparked a major controversy. The video has gone massively viral, but there's a lot more here that I want to address, which is why I'm leading off with this story. Because last Friday, we were graced by the presence of Emma Vigeland of The Majority Report, a prominent leftist podcast where she explicitly defended giving children pornography and teaching them how to use adult gay sex apps. I, I appreciate that they're willing to come on, people like Emma, and explain these things to us, because it's very difficult when you're talking to people who don't know about what's happening in politics to 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 tell them something like this that they refuse to believe. You see, it, it appears that the the movements being made by the modern left today have reached into the realm of absurdity to the point where regular people don't believe it when they hear it because it's too shocking. And that may be a tactic. In order to actually sway someone, you need to address their reasonable boundaries, something I talk about quite a bit. That is to say, if you went to someone and said, look, man, they're trying to do, insert something reasonable, they're trying to raise taxes by like 0.3% in this area, they'll be like, well, you know, yeah, I don't like that. Well... But if you go to them and say that a guy just like a clown was doing backflips off the off of a building and then pulled a parachute and then chased down a bunch of, you know, men with a knife, they'd be like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard that never happened. But if something like that did happen, you'd need it on video. So we bring on Emma Vigeland and I ask her about all of these things. And it's remarkable. Not only did she outright defend the grooming of children explicitly. Well, I should I should I want to be fair I want to be fair. She didn't literally, I'm saying grooming. She didn't say grooming. I said, giving books to kids to teach them how to engage in kink sexual behaviors like 10-year-olds and get them on adult sex apps. And she absolutely defended that. So she absolutely defended She said it was a good book. We'll get, we'll get into all that stuff. They're they're actually all in favor of that. And having these things on videos and sh- and showing that they do favor it, I think it's an, it's, it's an important thing. So let me show you this video. And we'll talk a bit more about what's going on with uh, these, these these events now. There are some videos I, I can't show you. I literally can't show you. In fact, I don't even know if I can show you the video where the say we're coming for your children because the women are topless. That's right. It's an interesting question about what is allowed on YouTube. Because of this, I am going to enact a blur because I have to. I have to blur all images. I have this beautiful extension called blur that blurs all videos. And uh, then I can play for you the audio. The issue here is And I hope you all understand this, what they are engaging in, the behaviors they are engaging in at these pride events are, they look, call them whatever you want, but they violate YouTube's policies. I would get banned if I show you what they're doing in public in front of children, but at least you can listen to it. So I'll blur images and we'll scroll down. This is from town hall and it's actually referencing, uh, uh, the, the tweet here is actually from Tim cast news. A group of progressive New York City Pride members sparked outrage after revealing the left's radical agenda. They chanted, "We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children." Let's uh, let's let's pull up the actual tweet, the post millennial, and uh oh, it, it, it's not actually gonna gonna blur it because if it doesn't, I can't. There we go. There we go. From TimCast News, and let's play the audio for you. Oh, sorry, my bad. My I always do this. I always I always have the wrong channel pulled up. Let me uh, get the correct audio pulled up for you guys. Here you go. We're
5: going shopping. We're going
4: shopping.
3: We're not going shopping. Let's play it again. We're coming for your children. Ah, yes, that's what they're chanting, and a lot of people were pulling up that old video from the uh, San Francisco Gay Men's Choir where they literally sang a song saying they're coming for your children because they are. Now, look, what the left will try and do with things like this is say that, you know, uh, let me let me see if I can even pull this stuff up. I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful. They'll say it's not grooming. It's not. We're just trying to teach kids to be accepting. And it's and, and let me just break it down for you. Let me break it down for you guys. Okay. When you are fully nude at a sex parade and then say you're coming for people's children, that means only one thing. And so I try to explain this quite a bit. Grooming is intentionally introducing lighter ideas to a child or person so that you can move them in the direction of your ideology. And this is what I was talking about with Reasonable Boundaries a moment ago. When you go to the average person and say they're grooming... The left responds with, it's, it's, it's a narrative game. When we say grooming, what do we mean? Well, I can't speak for everybody. I can tell you what I mean. The example I've to give is modeling. Models exist. Children can model. There's lifestyle modeling. It's, it's innocuous. It's fine. It's family friendly. So let's say uh, your department store is selling a cute little uh, summer outfit for 10-year-olds. And you've got a boy and a girl, and they're smiling, and they're wearing jeans and T-shirts. That's normal modeling. That's totally acceptable. You know, I, I do have greater concerns about kids in the entertainment industry and everything, but, you know, modeling's fine. Then there's grooming, where they say, would you like to be a model? Bring someone in for modeling, usually like a, a young girl, and then slowly increase the work they're doing until they're doing overt, you know, adult video. You know what I mean? You're not going to walk up to the average woman and be like, you know, do adult content. They're going to be like, get out of here. So they groom them by saying, would you like to be a model? They come and they do regular modeling. They say, would you like to do another modeling job? They come and they do more. Would you like to do another modeling job? This time, it's a bathing suit thing. This time, it's a skimpier bathing suit. This time, well, it's artistic, so you're going to be topless. That's grooming. So when we're talking about, hey, kids, there are people who have uh, same-sex parents, not grooming. However, it can be grooming if you're intending to bring these ideas to someone and then you keep leveling them up, right? And that's the game. We say, hold, hold on there a minute. Drag is like adult, it's like gay burlesque. It's like men in overly sexualized outfits. There is a strong sexual connotation to what they're doing, their behaviors. And they say, no, 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 it's not. It's totally normal, it's fine. If it ended there. But then what do we see? At these drag shows, it's not gonna lick itself. They have kids handing tips to people like they do at a strip club. They have children on stage removing their clothing. That's grooming. So when they're dancing naked in the street saying they're coming for your children, that's grooming. Here we go. Ron uh, uh, Kowski on Twitter. You know, so I got to blur these images, okay? I, you can only imagine. I, I have to blur them. YouTube would ban me if I showed you images from Pride. There was one instance a couple weeks ago where I did a video. Oh, look, I'm turning. I did a video. I showed a video of two men engaging in, a, in an overt sex act in public at Pride. It was a kink display in BDSM gear where they were engaging in foreplay. And it wasn't... It wasn't so explicit that I was sure YouTube would take it down. So I said, okay, YouTube, will you take this down? It's in public. It's at Pride. It's in front of children. And they did not. These videos, these videos are gratuitous sacks. I can't, I can't, I can't show it. This is a fight
1: to remove the children from the pervs. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's being put in our face. And it's time that we do something about it. At one point, some people didn't even believe in Epstein Island and what was going on there. There's more than there's more than just Epstein Island. There's other islands, too, that are just like Epstein Island, if not worse. And that's not a conspiracy theory. It's not a QAnon. It's the truth. They're trying to normalize this. This behavior that... That's not normal. And nobody even talks about Prince Andrew on Epstein Island and the teenager that he had his arm around in that picture that went around the internet. Same with Bill Clinton. You know, there's pictures of girls with him, too, going around the internet. I understand. People are scared. I get it. It is it is a scary world that we live in, though. Can you imagine what the children feel? We've used libs of TikTok on this episode. And I'm going to introduce you to the founder. She's on a show talking about the drag queens and the story time and all that. And then Twitter, of course, like, we all know what happened there at one point. Only certain people were allowed to go on there. Jack Dorsey, like, really, Jack? Did all your millions run out yet, buddy? A bunch of transvestites running the place, you know. (laughs) Elon came in and he took over and Twitter is blowing up. I mean, it's he's letting free speech on there. So thank you for that, Elon. If you even ever listen to this, I don't know. And Tim Pool, that was a great, great description on grooming. Very well said. It, and it, it actually brought The Sound of Freedom freedom to mind. Seeing how that movie is about a dad who takes his kids to modeling and he goes to pick them up and they're gone. They've been sex trafficked. So The Sound of Freedom, it's um, with Jim gaviesel and it comes out tomorrow on 4th of July. Um, I would go see it. So anyways, here is a clip what she's talking about is like the drag queens are, you know, going the story hour that we've been hearing about. They're going to the kids and they're reading about how it's an art. You know, it's, it's not an art. It's not artistic that you put makeup on your face and you look like a female instead of a male. That's not art that's mental illness because that's not what you are and you're brainwashing our children into thinking that it's okay. It's complete. It's it's insane. It's insanity in the classrooms is what it is. I'm over in uh, Britain. The teachers have to call their students by a furry name like fox or cat or whatever or they'll lose their jobs if they don't. It's part of the pervert pronoun culture. Britain, you know, of all places. Hmm. Um, It's dystopian. It's the fall of society. It's dystopian. It's a war. It's a war on women. It's a war on kids. Women and kids can't protect themselves the way a man can. Yeah, um, back to The Sound of Freedom. I would definitely go see that movie tomorrow. It it definitely, the proceeds are going to the children. Tim Ballard, what an amazing man that he is. Even whenever they were filming the movie, he went and saved like 250 kids during that time. Took some time out. Hang on one second. I'm going to go rescue 250 kids real quick. So thank you, Tim Ballard. God bless you, sir.
11: Hey everybody, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, marooned in NYC edition, thanks to the flights that have been canceled for days here, so it looks a little different. If you're not watching on the YouTube, please subscribe, youtube.com slash Buck Sexton. On this episode, Haya Rightchick is with us now. She is the founder of Libs of TikTok, which is amazing, and we have much to discuss with her right now. Haya, great to have you on the program.
2: Hey, great to be here.
11: So let's start, shall we, with uh, some of the back and forth in the aftermath of the Pride parades that happened across the country. There were photos, video actually, and still shots, of adult naked men in the parades in front of you know, families, children, and some of the activists in the left-wing uh, punditocracy we're making some pretty interesting arguments about this, um, and by interesting, I mean insane. Uh, Krasenstein, tell me about this fellow Krasenstein with his six and six million and counting views on a tweet about why adult nudity in front of children at pride parades is no big deal.
2: Yeah, so Brian Krasenstein got very mad at me that I dared to report on an event that was happening in Seattle. So he basically was comparing me as a reporter, reporting on it, to the actual event happening, which is obviously insane. Um, you know, it's one of the playbooks that the left likes to use is they try to tell us that this certain thing that we say is happening is not actually happening. Um, and then we provide proof and then they can't refute it anymore. Um, but now they're getting upset that we provide proofs. Um, it's the same thing that they did with like the porn in schools. We're like, Hey, there's, there's porn in schools. They're like, yeah, show us proof. And then we show them proof and they're like, Oh, you're posting porn on Twitter. So it's the same thing. And it's obviously insane because it's like, you just, you just can't win with them. Um, so yeah, I, as a reporter will continue reporting on things that I feel are important to the national conversation.
11: What, what is the, the reality of, of these, uh, in these pride parades where there was nudity? it was more than one place. Um, you know, does anyone try to defend this on the merits? I mean, effectively, that's a distraction. What Krasenstein said is don't report on this. By showing people what happened online, it's worse than whatever the people who were naked in front of the children were doing. I mean, this is a completely unserious and somewhat uh, crazy argument. But does anyone try to defend on the merits that adults being naked in front of little kids at a pride parade or any parade for that matter is okay?
2: Well, I've seen people say that it's legal in Seattle, so it's fine. Um, you know, I'm not getting into all of the laws of each particular state. Um, whether that's true or not, I do think it's still it's wrong. Um, I've seen some arguments say that um, you, you know, well, it's not sexual. You know, why Why does this these crazy right-wingers have to sexualize everything? We're just running around naked in front of kids, but it's not sexual at all. You guys are the ones sexualizing it, um, which is obviously a completely insane argument um, because it, it is sexual, and there are studies on what um, exposing kids to nudity and, and pornography can do to kids. Um, so, that, so that's insane. Um, I haven't seen... Um, I'm trying to think. Have you seen any any other defenses for it? Those were the two main
11: ones, I think. No, I I just it's pretty remarkable. And, and you know, you I'm sure I've also seen, Haya, um, that now they're trying to justify the uh we're coming for your children chant, which did you get that video or is that someone else's video? I can't remember now. You get a lot of great video. Um but but Yeah, the,
2: no, it wasn't mine originally, but I did I did reshare it. You did reshare
11: it, okay. Um because They were coming for your children's channel. A lot of people said, that's a really creepy, weird thing to say. NBC News came out with a, yeah, well, guess what? This has been a chant of pride activists for years, to which everybody was like, you're not helping yourself right now.
2: (laughs) They're like, yeah, it's fine. Like, we've been grooming kids for years, so let's just continue. And it's like, okay, thanks for the admission. (laughs) that It's not just this year. It's been going on for many years. Um, but the funny thing is, they also said they're like, "Yeah, it's fine because you know we also chant about sex toys and pubic hair." So I, I don't know how that—that's some kind of defense. I think that they're—they're they're really just like they're—they're they're just like grasping at, at, at straws. I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's insane.
11: Have you been able to? I mean, Libs of TikTok. Your your whole—I would not even just say it's an account. It's a, a brand unto itself now. It drives the far left absolutely insane. And really, you built this uh, this brand on just showing people really what they say, right? What the left believes, what the activists are doing. Um, are, are you able to share this stuff now pretty freely um, beyond Twitter? Is Twitter letting you share it? Are you still getting banned in places? Because it was amazing. Not only was your account showing people things that the left didn't want them to really know about by just magnifying or amplifying some of the messaging of the left. But then for sharing what the left says, there were sites that were trying to shut you down.
2: Yeah. um, Well, before Elon Twitter, um, I was temporarily suspended seven or eight times. I was suspended from Instagram and Facebook, both of which ended up unsuspending me um, I, I was suspended from a few a few places I think that um, Elon is is amazing what, what he's what he's doing for free speech um, super grateful and I don't fear getting a permanent suspension on Twitter now I think there are still some issues with shadow banning um, I, I don't know where that's coming from I, I believe he's trying to work on it um, but I think in general the whole idea of the of censorship, Um, I think it like a a year ago before Elon bought Twitter, it was it was the, the 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 magnitude of it was just unreal and and the bias of it. And I think when Elon bought Twitter, he was like, hey, I'm not. I'm not doing this with, with the rest of, of Big Tech, with the rest of you guys. And once one person sort of goes out of line, it's re- I think it's really hard for the rest of them to continue doing that. So um, I think we're going to see a lot lot less censorship. We already are. I mean, like Instagram is letting Trump back. Um, YouTube let Trump back, I believe. So we're seeing a lot less censorship. So I'm actually really hopeful for, for the future of free speech.
11: I want to ask you about what we're seeing with the uh, drag shows for kids phenomenon across the country, which I know you've shared a lot of video showing people just what that's all about. Have we seen, uh, Haya, a um, a bit of a retreat from the efforts to do the drag show story hour for kids stuff in the last few months? Or is this still going on all over the place?
2: It is still going on all over the place, unfortunately.
11: What do the activists say about why the, Why is this so important to them? Like, when, when you expose this stuff, I'm sure you see a lot of the arguments and debate around it. What is this? Like, like why do they have to do this, right? It, it, clearly, it upsets a lot of parents. It upsets a lot of people on the right. It feels to, I think, all normal, reasonable people like it's exposing children to a level of sexualization and sexual content that's inappropriate, especially very small children. Um, You know, we're not talking about people who are, you know, teenagers who could even watch like a rated R movie. They're talking about little kids they're doing this for. What's going on? Like, why do they have to do this? Why why is it so important to them?
2: So their main claim is it's just a form of art and we just want, you know, we're just expressing ourselves in this unique uh, art form. Um, But the reality is that it's actually, that's completely not true. Um, They're actually one of the founders of Drag Queen Story Hour. Um, He goes by the drag name Little Miss Hot Mess. He wrote a paper about the history of drag and the purpose of drag. And he writes, and this is a direct quote, Drag Queen Story Hour as a form of queer imagining in an early childhood context. So they're, and and it's a very long research paper. It's actually very interesting. And they basically talk about how the purpose of drag is to queer the family and introduce kids to gender fluidity and a queer lifestyle. Um, so that's that's exactly what it is. That's a purpose, and that is something that I will always be against.
11: So it's it's explicitly to, I mean, at some level, indoctrinate children into this world of. You know, trans and non-binary and cis and all this gender fluidity stuff, right? I mean, so it really is about making kids think that this is the world that they are entering and that they should be a part of this world.
2: Yeah, and they and they say that, like they admit that. So you know, again, part you know, my whole brand is showing what they themselves say. So I, I post about this frequently. Um, I'll post like here. This is what they say drag is. Whenever whenever they try to say that drag is not sexual, we're just it's just a form of art. We're just expressing ourselves. I'm like uh, no, because the founder of Drag Queen Story Hour actually says the exact opposite, or you know, said something entirely different. Um, they're telling us that drag is to queer kids.
11: It's amazing that somehow you know I've seen people say libs of TikTok is a hate site when you amplify what the left is saying so people can just see like shouldn't the left want usually in in the world that we operate in right of of online content and commentary if somebody with big reach like your accounts have were to share someone's content their thoughts whatever it's cause for celebration but when you do it the left gets upset why is that
2: Um, because they want to live in their little bubble where everybody just agrees with them and where they're able to um, get away with whatever they want without anyone noticing or realizing. And, yeah, the funny thing is, like, I have helped a lot of TikTokers get views, which you get paid for. They should be very grateful to me.
11: And yet they are not, Kaya. We'll come back to this. We're talking to uh, –
2: <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> we're talking
11: to I, – I feel like also you, you are Libs of TikTok, right? Like, I mean, in some way, it's – yes, it's Haya check the founder, but Libs of TikTok is a brand now that people recognize, so – Uh, We'll come back to this in a second, uh, because I want to ask about the guy who got into a sorority and then was upset when the sorority said, you can't join because it's a sorority, which I see you share this video. We'll we'll get into this uh, coming up here in just a moment. But, you know, these days are long. And if you have the energy to get going, get after it each day, you can get a lot accomplished, get a lot done. But you have to have that energy, that focus for it. And for some of us, That's just not where it used to be. The energy levels have dropped. Well, if you have the help of Chalk's male vitality stack, you're going to get more out of each day, more drive, more focus, more energy. This is a nutritional supplement that's amazing. The leading ingredient has been proven to be an effective replenishment of our testosterone levels. For the men out there, that's crucial because that inner fuel provides our energy. It's a simple equation. Higher testosterone levels equal more energy, more drive, more focus, and Chalk understands that. Some studies show the average guy today has only a 50% testosterone level of a guy 50 years ago. So it's diminished a lot, but you can now do something about it. The leading ingredient in Chalk's male vitality stack replenishes 20% in just three months' time. Sign up with Chalk today. It's spelled C-H-O-Q dot Save 35% off when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. That's 35% off for the life of your subscription. Chalk, C-H-O-Q dot Use my name, Buck. For thirty-five percent off. All right, uh Haya, tell me about male who identifies as non-binary says he was accepted to a sorority, but just had his membership voided because he didn't meet the criteria for membership, and then says there's a stereotype of a sorority girl is like using she her pronouns. And he feel he feels betrayed by the sisterhood.
2: Yeah, so in, uh, surprisingly, this actually happened in New York, which is obviously super liberal. Um, but the, so this guy was accepted to the sorority, and then about a year later, they revoked his membership because they said he doesn't meet criteria. Um, obviously, you know, just, his his sex <laughs> was not was not part of the criteria for joining a sorority, and he actually blasted them as being transphobic, um, in saying, you know, there's these stereotypes of what a sorority girl is. Um, I, the stereotypes that he's referring to is actually just being uh, a female. So. Um, I thought that was a really interesting story I was happy to to see that some people are actually standing up to this um, because I think there's been quite a few stories the last few months uh, similar to this love like these rories which are which are taking um, in men and some of them are tra- all
11: right hi uh, are, are we finally seeing that we're winning the argument about trans men competing in women's sports like is is the left gonna have to retreat on this
2: um I think in general with not, not particular just sports, but with all of these, these culture issues, um, and and this whole trans agenda, um, I think we've been gaining a lot of ground. Um, I, we're very, very, very far from the finish line. Um, I think the finish line is just removing gender ideology from society altogether. I, I don't think we'll ever get there, but we should try to get as close to that as possible. So I'm actually, I'm hopeful. Um, where you know there's bills being passed in all the red states to protect women's sports to ban like puberty blockers and sex change surgeries for kids to ban sexualized adult entertainment for kids um so so i think i think we're on the right track but there's obviously a lot more work to do
11: have you seen some of the i mean the answers i know you have but really this is my way of setting up for everybody who probably hasn't seen it there is also a trend in schools now, in some places, of kids, high school kids usually, but they identify as a furry, meaning they say that they are a woodland creature. No, this is real. This is My, my team is looking at me like I'm crazy. They say, I am a lion or, you know, I am a panda bear or whatever. And some of these schools, this actually just came up recently in the UK, uh, some of these schools are have teachers who are afraid of not using the identity of the furry because they know they have to use the whole cisgender or non-binary language and all that stuff. So they don't know what to do because they're like, I guess if I have a 12 year old who says he's a tiger, I've got to say he's a tiger.
2: Yeah. I think I saw that story where the teacher said, you know, I'm not referring to you as a cat. Is that the one yes, you're referring yes, to? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who would have thought that we'd be here <laughs> now, you know, just a few years ago, you you know, anyone who said that we'd be here, you know. You but but doesn't it follow?
11: Like, that. isn't it logical from the teacher's perspective at some level? Yeah. If you have to be so insane that you're it's mandated that you say the little boy who's been coming into my school for the last, you know, five years now is going to be called she and her or even be called like Zay or Zed, you know, some new age pronoun. Um that if they if they claim that they're a different species like on what basis given school policies and some of these liberal liberal uh, you know dystopias would they be able to say no you're at, you're not a cat you're actually a person
2: yeah um i think it's i think it's really scary um, there was there was something sort of similar in, in Texas with that professor who is fired for teaching basic biology. And he said he's been teaching that for 20 years. And all of a sudden now, you know, the left is just, they're shifting the Overton window of of what's acceptable and they keep shifting it more and more. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you don't refer to your student as a cat, then maybe you'll get fired. Um, and it's just, it's nothing surprises me these days. Um, I, I wasn't surprised to see that. I think it's, I think they're only, it's only going to get worse because, the last few years, just look at just look at how they kept going more and more to the left more and more insane, more and more crazy with more and more rules about um, what language we're allowed to use, um, trying to control our speech and um, specifically with all the LGBTQ stuff.
11: Yeah. Well, lives of TikTok is out there keeping an eye on it all. So hi, I appreciate yeah. you being with us. Where can people go <laughs> to follow your work, what you're doing and to uh, to see what you're up to?
2: So liveswithtiktok.com, um, it's a sub stack, so you can become a free or paid subscriber. I also wrote a kid's book. On It's available on lottbook.com.
11: All right. Hiya, appreciate you being
2: with us. So you can become a free or paid subscriber. I also wrote a kid's book. It's available on lottbook.com.
11: All right. Hi, appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Beth.
0: This is the real American view.